0: You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. morning, Journey. How we doing? Man y'all, man, y'all are awake, I love it. Y'all got some energy, good to see y'all, welcome. Wanna welcome everybody joining us online as well as Lake County. And if this is your first time here, first time in a long time, just wanna welcome you. My name's Dustin Agard, one of the pastors here and we're honored that you're here. We are in this series called Dear God, dot, 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 where we're looking at prayer and specifically prayer through the book of Psalms, which is one of the books of the Bible. And, and really what we're trying to do is kind of take away the intimidation factor of prayer. And last week we talked about praising God and the good times. Today we're gonna to talk about being honest and the bad. And as I kick that off, this wasn't in my notes. I wasn't planning on saying this, but I feel convicted. If we're gonna talk about being honest and the bad, I should be honest with you about something. This morning I woke up and I was freezing. It was really cold like really cold, just like you. And so I did what I normally do when it's cold is I call in a sick day. And so I reached over to my phone and I went to grab it and I went to call in sick. And I thought, well, I'm the lead pastor, who do I call? And so I couldn't figure out who to call, so here I am. So I am very, very impressed. Yes, I am very impressed with you. Very impressed with you uh, being here and it's cold. Some of y'all are online and you're watching, you're like, man, how cold is it? We don't need you judging us. It's just too, it's colder than it should be in Florida. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen, yeah. Colder than it should be. So a couple of little thoughts on prayer as we dive in. Prayer is keeping company with God. That's what prayer is. And if we don't live with our security from God, which is what we get from prayer, then we'll live with our insecurities from people. Let me say that again. If we don't live with our security coming from God, which is what we get when we pray, we'll live with our insecurities from people. And so that's one of the many benefits of prayer is it gives us the security of God. I absolutely loved that song that we just sang at Lake County and here at Apopka just just before I got up here. And I don't know if you know who wrote that song. It was beautifully done and beautifully written The person that wrote that song was King David. That song was Psalm 34, just with music. And I've listened to that song in that album so many times. Matter of fact, um, it's on this album called Psalms Live and a band called Shane and Shane. Uh, And man, I listen to it all the time. So if you're like saying, hey, how can I get more of the Psalms in my life? I don't really like reading. A lot of you don't like, this is a great way. It's called Shane and Shane. Matter of fact, Shane and Shane, if you're watching, I double dog dare you to do a show in Orlando, Florida at Journey Christian Church. I'm just throwing that out there. And they got people saying, yeah, bring it. I don't know them. So you've been dared publicly. <laughs> hey, I don't know about you, but I love the internet. There, there's some, man, there's some funny people on the internet. And, and if you're one of them, I just want to say, keep posting stuff. I love it. I spend way too much time reading what you post and it is awesome. And I saw this uh, a little while ago and uh, this is salt and this is what it was captioned. Person put just my luck, 250 million year old salt and expired two years ago. (laughs) Isn't that great? 250 million year salt and yet there's an expiration date. And here's, here's, here's what I love. With prayer, there is no expiration date. With prayer, there is no end to the shelf life. Whatever you pray, it's there forever and ever and ever. Your, your praise as well as your cries, there is no expiration date with prayer. And so keep sending them up there. He is listening and he loves your prayer. Psalms are filled with honest prayers and cries to God. As we're looking at these Psalms last week, as I mentioned, it was praise God and the good. Today, we're gonna talk about being honest in the bad. And and some of us struggle with being honest with God for a variety of reasons. And I just want to point out the psalmist, both David, who wrote 73 of the psalms and a lot of the other people, they were raw and honest with God about all of their feelings. I'm going to read just a handful of these. I want you to listen to how they pray. Psalm 3-1, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? You ever been there? You feel like the whole world's out to get you. Psalm five one and two. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. Psalm six three and four. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Psalm six six. I am worn out from all my groaning. All night long, I fled my bed with weeping and drenched my couch. With tears, you've been there. Psalm ten one: Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Now, notice God doesn't hide Himself. This is the person's reflection and prayer. Psalm thirteen one and two: How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle? Will my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? And then Psalm 88, just, I'm gonna read just a couple of it. I'm overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death, which isn't true, but when we're complaining, we exaggerate, right? I am counted among those who go down to the pit I'm like the one without strength whom you remember no more, who is cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit and the darkest depths. Listen how it ends. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? Darkness is my closest friend. Listen, these are words from someone that God said, is, is, uh, has my heart in mind. This is, this one says, I, I, I love him and, and, he, and he's crying out to me the right way. He's a man after my own heart. And yet he's being honest with all this darkness is my closest friend. I don't know if you've ever been there. Some of you might be there right now. Someone once said that if you treat like everybody, like they're going through a hard time, nine out of 10 times, you'd be right. Because there's so many different categories in our life that we're managing. The chances are one of those is struggling right now. And you might think in that one category, darkness is my closest friend. And I don't know if that describes you today, but that's what the psalmists are crying out. And the question is, what do we think? What do we think God thinks about that when we cry out to him? Let's say, God, may as well... Kill me. Like, I I feel like I am dead. God, darkness is my closest friend. How do we think God responds? Here's how I think God responds. I think he weeps. Hey, I don't think he gets angry. I don't think he's mad. I think he weeps. And here's why. Because if it matters to you, it matters to God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. I've been amazed by how many people that love God, don't pray, for what I would say is a good wrong reason. And what I mean is this, is is they are humble and, and their posture is right, but their theology is wrong. Their posture is, I don't wanna bother God with my small problems, that's very humble. But that is not right theology because you can never bother God. Just like my kids can never bother me when they come and talk to me, ever. They're my kids. I love them. I want a relationship with them. God says, I want a relationship with you. Whether you come to me and praise me or whether you come and just lament, I just want intimacy with you. You can never bother God. So next time you're thinking about, oh, I want to pray, but it's too small. He's too busy. He's not. You can't think the way we are. He's not us. He's God. He can handle everything. And he not only invites it, he wants it. He expects it. If it matters to you, it matters to God it matters to you it matters to God and here's my hope is that you and I would be honest with our pain and our brokenness because Psalm 34 18 the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and if we're acting like we're not brokenhearted then we're accidentally stiff-arming God but when we're honest say God I don't get it I'm angry I'm frustrated why did that person get the promotion and not me What we're doing is we're sharing God our brokenness. And it says he is close to the brokenhearted. There's an animal I've been uh, fascinated with the past several years. And it's the bison. Now, it's similar to the buffalo, but it's not the buffalo. And for one very big, distinct reason, uh, I like bison. I hate buffalo. Okay, so um, (laughs) as a lifelong Miami Dolphin fan, I hate everything about the Buffalo Bills. Everything... (laughs) everything about them everything i see the chief's jacket bless you today bless you bless you may the lord's favor be upon you as you play the bills and i i i said you know i hate the the bills the first service and someone was like i don't know pastor hate and i said what i said okay so i said what i said I do need to be careful. Uh, we have someone that watches every single week that lives in Buffalo, New York. Barbara Hales, I want to give you a shout out. You are covered in snow, and Barbara, yes, you give Barbara a shout out. Barbara, I love everything about you. Okay, you. So, like, let's not lose what we have here. Okay. And here's what I've been fascinated with: the bison. Okay, when a storm comes, God created all the animals, almost all the animals, to they, they sense a storm and they run. There are some uh, groups of animals that they don't run, they will come together and kind of form protection together. Cows tend to do this, okay, because cows can't run fast, okay? So, <laughs> but what's fascinating about the bison is they don't run and they don't huddle. What they do is they turn and face the storm and they run right at it. And they face the storm with the thought being that if a storm is coming and they are going into it, that the time that they will be in the storm will be shortened if they face it directly. And my prayer for you and I is that we would face the storm with whatever we're going through instead of running isolating, hiding, that we would turn and face the storm that God has called us to, knowing that the God of the universe is going to make it a lot faster when he carries us than when we run from him. One of the strongest Christians I know of is a guy named Rich Froning. Now, when I say he's a strong Christian, I don't mean spiritually strong. I mean, he's actually one of the strongest Christians I know. He's four-time, he's known as the fittest man on earth four times as the world champion of CrossFit games. And it was always like neck and neck with me and him. It was like he was one, I was two, and we just, <laughs> but I'm not angry. And so um, part of his deal is he works out on Sunday and I do this on Sunday. So he kind of had an advantage. And he recently retired and he started a bison farm in Tennessee. He has a bison farm. And this is the subtitle, the, the slogan for the company, Into the Storm. I love that. Listen, Christians, we are leaders. We don't don't run from things, we run to them. And we don't run to them alone, we run to God. You see, we run into the storm with a God that calms the storms. And that's why we go with God. That's what he is calling us to do. Don't hide from it, not to run from it. Around here, we have a saying that everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything's possible. And and when we say this, we don't mean just everybody's welcome like, like at any specific time. We mean everybody's welcome in any season that they're going through because we all go through different seasons. Let me put it this way. Sad people are welcome. Hurting people are welcome. Anxious people are welcome. Scared people are welcome. Weary people are welcome. Confused people are welcome. People who are searching for answers are welcome. Whatever you are going through, Jesus says all are welcome at the foot of the cross. So I don't know what camp you're in, but Jesus says you're welcome. Come on, I can handle it. I'm not scared or intimidated by your raw, honest emotions or feelings of what you're going through. So here are two thoughts on how we go from here. The first one is this, be honest with God, knowing that we can't hide from him. Just be honest with God. We can't hide from God. You know, like so many of us, and, and I do it too, you know, we, we think we could hide from God and like, what a, what, what a dumb thing, right? Like, I don't know if, uh, last time you've been around a four-year-old, they'd be like, hey, hey, go in the other room. I'm going to hide. And they're on their bed like this. And you got to play along. Oh, where is Riley? Is he in the closet? He's not in the closet. Is he under the bed? He's not under the bed. I'm just going to sit here. And then you hear giggles and, and you just play along. And, and, and you're like, they think they're invisible. You can't see me because I can't see you. It was me the whole time. I'm here. It was me. Don't mean to freak y'all out. Like with four-year-olds, it's silly. But when you see like a grown man on a stage, you're like, pastor, that was really weird and awkward. Like (laughs) like that that made me uncomfortable. (laughs) And I think that's how God looks at us when we try to hide from him. He's like, when you were younger, that was cute. But now that you're a grown man or woman, like it's really weird. Like, do you realize I'm the God of the universe? Like, I literally have numbered every hair on your head. And you're you're thinking you can't be honest with me because you don't want me finding out something that I already know. He's like, I already know, I know it all. Like, you can't hide from me, so don't even try. It's like when you know somebody that, has struggled with this sin and you and your friends know it. And then they come clean and you're like, Hey, listen, I'm sorry. You know, I struggle with gossip. And you're like, yeah, we know, (laughs) you know, like, like we get it. Like we are the ones that have been telling you that like, we can't surprise God with our honor. He knows everything. There are two things that happen when we pray and we come before God, two things that automatically happen, which is one of the reasons why prayer is so powerful and important in our lives. You cannot escape it. When you and I get in the presence of God automatically, automatically, God becomes way bigger than we ever imagined or remembered. Even if we prayed earlier this morning, if I come before him again this afternoon, I'm like, oh my goodness, you are, you are so much bigger than I ever remembered. You are so big. You are so majestic as we just sang. So that's the first thing happens when we come to God in prayer, he becomes bigger and bigger. And the second thing naturally is I become smaller and smaller and not just me, but all my problems are way more insignificant when I'm sitting, bowing down in front of a throne. Listen, I'm not saying that they're not important I'm not saying what you're going through doesn't matter. I'm not saying what you're going through isn't real. I'm just saying when I get into the presence of God, he becomes so much bigger and everything about me becomes smaller. And that is a really, really good thing. That's the the whole prayer of John 3.30 that he would increase and that I would decrease. And this automatically happens through prayer. And so maybe you this year, you're like, man, I just want God to increase in my life and I want to decrease. What, what are some practical steps? One of the practical ways that you do that is through prayer, because every time you pray, he's automatically bigger and I'm automatically smaller. God, would you increase and would I decrease? Psalm 139 says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You've received my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You see, we can be honest with God because he already knows everything. He knows everything about us. God knows you the best and loves you the most. He knows you the best and loves you the most. Here's a question. Are we allowed to ask God questions? I think that's a great question. Can we ask God questions? And the answer is 100% yes. Not only can you, I think you should. I also think questions are a sign of growth. When I see somebody asking questions about anything, that's telling me they're trying to learn, they're trying to grow. Every time I read the Bible, I'm like, that's really good. And I also have a lot of questions. Like, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to say to me? How can I flesh this out practically? But it's really important. I want to distinguish there's two different ways that we could ask questions. One, there is questioning versus asking questions. But here's what I would say. I want to focus on the posture for a minute. You see, you and I could ask God the exact same question with a different posture. We could ask, why God, as we're shaking our fist at him? Why God? Or we could say, why God? why? Why did you allow this? What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to teach me? Why? And either posture is going to get you two completely different results. And so it's not the question, it's how do we come before an amazing, all-knowing God with the right posture with our questions. And even if we ask the wrong way, it's still okay because you're being honest with your emotions. Number two, I'll say this, be vulnerable knowing that God is for you. Be vulnerable knowing that God is for you. Listen, I remember when I was in middle school, high school and my buddies, like I loved my best friends, but like I didn't trust them like for nothing. Like all we would try to do was prank each other, mess each other. Like, like to be vulnerable to one of my buddies would be like crazy. I I would set myself up for failure. That's just what we did. We would just mess with each other. And I get it but God is not one of your middle school buddies. God is not out to get you. We can be vulnerable with God because he is for you. He's not trying to prank you. He's not trying to get you. You you don't have to lose trust with God. He is for you. He's not like one of your friends that has disappointed you. He's not like one of your buddies that you can't trust. God is for you. A little while ago, a friend of mine named Jacob, Jacob Joseph, Jacob's right over here. Hey, Jacob. Jacob, um, known Jacob almost his entire life. He's a senior at Lake Brantley High School. And tragically, he was playing basketball senior year. And um, during a game, he broke his tibia. And um, I I didn't mean to, but don't come into the paint and expect that I'm not going to block your shot. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Like when you come in the lane, I'm going to take care of business. I didn't do it. (laughs) And at that moment, which is a painful, serious injury, he had to make a decision. Do I try to just, like, let this heal on its own and just kind of go about my day? Or do I vulnerably trust a medical staff, hospitals, and doctors, and go, even though it's vulnerable, and try to have them fix it? Now, obviously, this is a silly question because you're like, why are we even talking about this? Of course, go to the hospital. The reason you're thinking that is because you automatically trust the doctors. Like you are vulnerable to trust the doctors to fix you, but yet we're intimidated or not vulnerable with the God who is the great physician that wants to fix you. Amen. And so sure enough, what Jacob did is he had an entire cast as he's eaten some Fruit Loops or something, that he's already—he's a tall, tall dude. That is like the lar- largest cast I've ever seen. <laughs> there was no question. There was no question. What? He, of course, I'm going to trust the doctors. Why? Because he knows the doctors are for him. And when you're hurt, go to God as if He is your solution, not your problem. Because He is. He is your solution. There's a hospital in college park not far from where i grew up and i went to that hospital hundreds of times wasn't a real hospital like jacob went to this was a different kind of hospital a hospital that that did surgery on my soul on my heart it was a park bench just like this overlooking lake adair Lake Adair is this beautiful lake overlooking the skyline in College Park, of Orlando in College Park. And I don't know how it started, but I just started going to this bench at the early age of like 11, 12. And I just remember sitting on this bench and just crying out to God. I yelled at God. I wept before God. I was angry with God on that bench. I've gave God a lot of advice of what he should do in my life. That's what he did. He laughed. That's cute. And every time I went to that bench, my problems never went away. But you know what happened? My God became bigger than ever. And my problems became smaller by the time I left that bench. I still had the same problems, but my God was a little bit different. I was reminded on that bench every time I go and I still go to this day. That's not entirely true. They took away all the benches for some reason. So if you go and look, (laughs) this is not from there. I did not steal a park bench. (laughs) But I still go and I sit. And God can handle your your cries. God can handle your confusion. Not only can he handle it, he invites it. You see, what I ended up finding out is I thought in my times of weakness, I thought I was annoying God. And I think it may have been some of my sweetest acts of worship. When I come to God, when you come to God in the valley, you're able to worship God in a way that you can't mimic on the mountaintop. You just can't. I wonder if you have a bench that you can go to and just be honest with God. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe it's in your back porch. Maybe it's just walking around in your neighborhood. But would you find a hospital where you could be vulnerable and say, "God, I I don't know what's broken. I don't even know, but something's broken." I'm hurt, would you fix it, would you fix me? Just let the great physician do a work in and through you. That's my encouragement, Find, find a hospital, find a park bench. See, every time I went to the bench, every single time, one of the things that drove me there was I felt like I was hitting a brick wall somewhere in my life. Maybe it was with the relationship, Maybe it was with sports. coaches did not give me enough playing time. I don't know what I would cry about in high school. <laughs> but I would hit a brick wall. Like you ever been there? Like it's your, your finances. You're like, God, I'm doing everything I can. I'm being generous. I'm tithing and it's still not enough. What's going on? Maybe it's in a relationship. You're like, God, I'm doing everything I can. and I'm still being wronged. And you hit a brick wall. And here's what I love that God does with brick walls. Psalm eighteen twenty nine. with God, I can scale a wall. You see, he takes what we think is a dead end. And when we invited him in, he says, watch this. It doesn't say you can scale a wall. It says with God, we can scale a wall. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 12, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Last week, I shared a story about Mary Beth. If you weren't here, you're wondering like, is that tattoo real? What's going on with that? I'm, I'm not even gonna explain it. I'll just let you think what you wanna think. And I told you that she gave me a special Christmas gift. And it was this teapot with this poem. And I, and I told you it, was really, it really meant a lot to me, but I didn't tell you all the reasons why it meant a lot to me. I, I told you some of them, But one of the reasons why it meant so much to me is she gave me that gift literally days after her husband passed away. It's one thing for somebody to do something kind for me when everything's going right, but for somebody to think of me in their darkest moment is humbling. She thought about buying it and, and printing it and wrapping it all in the midst of she's going through her darkest moments. And she'll never know how much it blessed me. I think she lived out Psalm 42 11 pretty well. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? You see, it's okay to ask that, but listen how the sentence finishes. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Listen to your. Who's the psalmist talking to? Himself. Like, God, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. Dustin, put your hope in God. Like, Like, I get that, but you need to step up. Put your trust in God. He's always been there for you. His promises are always true. He's never let you down. David, the psalmist, it says he encouraged himself and the Lord. And sometimes what we need to do, like this verse says, is encourage ourselves when we're going through a hard time. And, And be honest to God. God, this stinks, this hurts, but I'm still gonna worship you. I'm still gonna be a bright light in the midst of darkness. And that's what Mary Beth was. She was a bright light in the midst of her darkness. And that's a sign of spiritual maturity. When you shine, even in the darkest moments, Worshiping through pain is a sign of spiritual maturity. God is not our problem. He's our solution. God is not who we should hide from, but run to. God is not waiting to condemn us. He longs to restore us. Psalm 30, verse 11. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. Sackcloth is what they would use when they were mourning. You see, it says his mercies are new every day. Mercies are new every day. And I don't know what you're going through. I just know that this is true. Some of you are like, but pastor, I don't dance. Oh, you funny too. <laughs> he takes what you were going through and he turned it to joy. Just give him time. I love what Paul David Tripp said. He said this, remember that when you are exhausted, God isn't. When you're discouraged, God isn't. When you're unfaithful, God isn't. When you are weak, God isn't. We have a hope and a future because God isn't like us. Isn't that good? Hey, listen, we could talk a lot about prayer, and it's good. We should talk and learn. But you know the best way to grow in prayer is through prayer. And so I'm going to close in a minute and online, Lake County at Apopka. I'm gonna give you a moment just to pray just right where you're at. And some of you right now, you're panicking. You're like out loud on the stage with a microphone. No, none of that. Just right where you're at. You can pray out loud if you want, but you can pray silently just where you're at. Go ahead and close your eyes, bow your head. And I'm gonna give you a moment. Serious, dear God, dot, dot, dot. If you had a minute to talk to God, what would you tell him? What would you ask him? If you're hurt, be honest and tell him why you're hurt. If you're grateful, give him praise. Tell him what you're grateful for. If you have questions or doubts or confusion, he can handle those. Ask him. God, uh I'm so overwhelmed by your goodness. What a great quote. that when we are tired, you are not. When we are faithless, you are faithful. God, thank you for being nothing like us and yet loving everything about us. Thank you for knowing us better than anybody else and loving us more than anybody else. And God, I pray for that man or woman, that student, that couple, that family, that, can echo those words from Psalm 88 that darkness is my closest friend. God, I pray, would you right now here today, would you be a bright light in the midst of their darkness? Would you bring the joy to their pain? And God, if they are here today, what they are saying is worship. They're saying in the midst of my pain, I'm showing up In church, I'm showing up at your throne. I'm not taking my hurt, my loneliness, anywhere else I'm coming before you. You are my refuge. You are my strength. You are my hope. And I thank you for that. Would you bless them? And would you help us like the bison? Would you help us to to face the storm? Some of us have been running for so long, we don't even know what we're running from. Thank you for being a God that can handle our hard questions our anger, our, our sincere frustration. God, you're so good. We are so grateful. God, would you, would you speak to us as we continue to worship? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button share it with your family and friends. For more information about Journey Christian Church, please go to journeychristian.com.